Podcasts are sponsored by Kinexus, where we're passionate about helping the world improve and innovate more effectively with our web-based software. Learn more at www.makeimprovementhappen.com. Hi, this is Mark Raven. Welcome to episode 77 of Lean Blog Audio. It's July 31st, 2015. Today's post is titled, A Lean Guy Listens to NPR, NICU Waste, Growing a Rural Hospital, value in cancer drugs, and more. So I'm sharing some recent uh, stories that I've heard on NPR, National Public Radio. Uh, I generally discover these stories by listening to an iPhone app called NPR One, uh, an app that I really love. Instead of listening to live radio, it's sort of a personalized uh, set of different stories based on my preferences of, of things that I've liked uh, in in the past. So I really recommend that app. And I'm going to share some of these stories with you here. The first one I've titled, Not All NICU Babies Should Get the Same Treatments. So the idea of standardized work in healthcare doesn't mean that every patient gets the same treatment. Care needs to be customized to provide the right value to the right patient, just as your car is customized to the features that you want and value. So NPR had a story that was titled, Five Things Your Baby Should Avoid in the NICU. And they described five treatments that are routinely given to babies in the NICU that might not be helpful or necessary, such as, quote, daily chest x-rays for infants who are intubated unless there's a specific problem that needs to be investigated. Unnecessary treatment increases cost and often harms outcomes. And we, we see similar problems of unnecessary treatment in England in uh, the, the NHS, as I've uh, blogged about recently. So of the five treatments, quote, with newborns, there's very little evidence that routine use will improve the symptoms. That's not to say that no infant should ever get these, Dwayne Persley, chief neonatologist at Beth Israel Deaconess Medical Center says, but our gripe, if you will, is their routine use. So how can hospitals and physicians work to reduce unnecessary care? How much of that is due to habit, a mistaken view of best practices, or defensive medicine? The second story that piqued my interest was titled, Expanding, Not Shrinking, Saves a Small Rural Hospital. Rural hospitals are under a lot of pressure recently. Far too many hospitals, large or small, think that cost-cutting, layoffs, and the trimming of service lines are the only path to survival. But what about trying to grow and provide more value instead? From the article, quote, Then a key phone call and strikingly different strategy turned everything around. A doctor in the area called Jerry Cummings, who was then running a medical consulting business with his wife Cindy in central Missouri. Instead of closing its doors, Putnam County Memorial should expand, the couple advised. The hospital could convert an unused 10-bed unit into a psychiatric wing to bring in new revenue, suggested the Cummings and offer other medical services that Putnam County residents were driving hours away to get. So what were the results for that hospital? Quote, our revenues went from 4 million to 22 million, a huge increase, Jerry Cummings says. Our average daily patient census, it was less than one patient per day. Our average daily census now is around 11 to 12 patients. So they're keeping more local patients getting care locally instead of losing them to further off big city hospitals. I wonder if more rural hospitals can adopt that strategy. 
So the third piece about expensive cancer drugs. Healthcare is still going through an awkward transition from being paid for activity to being paid for value and outcomes. So there's an NPR story titled, Doctors Plan Database on Cancer Drugs Showing Effectiveness and Cost. A group of physicians are developing a database of cancer drugs that would, quote, include a score for each drug, basically how well the drug worked, and also right next to it, how much the drug cost. One drug, quote, scored a zero, meaning it didn't work any better than the standard treatment. And then there was the cost, 10 times more expensive than the standard treatment. Now, the pharmaceutical maker pushed back that not all patients are the same, which is a fair point. They were questioning that score of zero and pointing out that the drug is intended for patients with a particular kind of lung cancer. Shilsky says that was a fair point. So his, his group put out an additional score for the drug's effectiveness on that subgroup of patients. The net health benefit score was 16, better than zero, but that's out of a total possible score of 130. So I, I would add that society needs to come to terms with the idea that more expensive healthcare isn't always better healthcare. As with many things, it's easier to identify the problem than it is to come up with good solutions. And again, from the NPR piece, this is one of the real difficulties with the US healthcare system is that the cost of almost any kind of treatment are largely invisible to either the providers of that treatment or the patients who are receiving that treatment. What should a patient do when there is one drug that is a little better but costs a lot more? That is a hard decision, but what he says, one worth having. And then uh, the, the, the fourth piece, the last story that, that caught my attention is about getting patients involved in choosing better care. So I, the NPR story was titled, More Health Plan Choices at Work, What's the Catch? And it talks about consumer-driven health plans. That's something I interviewed John Chirinas about in my podcast series that you can find at leanblog.org slash 192. The featured company in the story is using a private insurance exchange to give employees choice, something only 3% of employers are doing right now, using a private health insurance exchange as opposed to the public exchanges. It's easier to say to people that they should choose high quality, low cost care than it is to actually do that if data isn't readily available. So from the NPR story, but shopping wisely for healthcare is almost impossible, says Sarah Collins from the Commonwealth Fund, a health policy research organization. It's often difficult for consumers to find out how much a doctor visit or a particular procedure costs. And Collins says, studies show that people with high deductible plans often forego care to save money. They'll even avoid free preventative care because they don't understand how their health insurance works, end of quote. So I would ask, how do we improve the transparency of healthcare quality and cost data for employers and the general public. The NPR piece also highlights this ticking time bomb, quote, it's called the Cadillac tax, meant to reduce health spending by discouraging luxurious health plans, but it is not as exclusive as its name implies. Towers Watson, a consulting firm, predicts that 48% of employers will have to pay the tax in its first year. So I'm curious to hear what you think about this, these uh, different stories. If you wanna listen to the NPR stories, or if you want to add a comment or find links to the things uh, I've mentioned here, you can go, uh, go to my blog, leanblog.org audio 77.